Would you uh, turn with me this morning, please, to John, Gospel account of John, the 14th chapter. We've been talking for the past several weeks on Sunday morning, teaching, ministering on the subject of the glory of God. And um, I believe that this is preparation for what God has planned for us. God is a glorious God. His plan is a glorious plan. Amen. And it is His will to manifest Himself, His glory, to His people and to the world. And faith gets ready. So we're getting ready. Right? Our text, if you would, in John 14 and 21... And I'm reading from the Amplified, John 14, 21. Jesus said, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Oh, don't that bless you? I mean, what is stronger on the heart of any true child of God than for God to be more real to them and to see more of him and experience more of him? There are a few things that would be stronger on our heart. He said, if you'll obey me, so there's a qualification, you must do what he said. And if you don't do what he tells you to do, then it proves that you don't really love him. I know some people don't like it, you know, that black and white and that plain, but I didn't write this. Right? If you love God, you do what he says. If you don't do what he says, you don't love him. That's obvious. What are you doing instead of what he told you? Well, you're doing something else. That must mean you love that more. Right? And so much of it comes down to self-love. You love something else more. There's a lot of people that ought to be in church this morning. Where are they? Well, they love something else more. Right? There's a lot of people that should be working for the Lord, should be doing things, serving him, but they're not. Why? Well, they don't love him enough. They love something else. And, the, you know, that's one of the big things about being a real child of God and keeping the commandment that fulfills the law and the prophets. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You don't love anything or anybody more than him. He's number one. Right? Number one. Above you. Above all your family, you don't love your spouse more than you love God. You don't love your children more than you love God. Did you hear me? You don't love yourself. You love God more than everybody. Don't you remember Jesus said, you know, if you love your, your family, your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, more than the Lord, you're not worthy of him. Aren't you glad he loved you more than himself? More than his comfort and his glory in heaven. He was willing to leave that. He was willing to lay down his own life. For us, we ought to love him that way. Right? He's worthy of our loyalty and our faith and faithfulness. He's never failed us and he never will. And he said, if you'll obey me, if you'll keep my commandments, I will love you. I will manifest Reveal, make myself real to you. Can you stand on that word? That was a little weak. Now, think about it. Can you, you know, see, we should understand something about faith. Faith stands on the word of God. It's not a matter of trying to get God to do something that he doesn't want to do. When the Lord tells you he's going to do something and you meet the qualification, then you can stand and say, Lord, you told me that if I'd obey you, you'd reveal yourself to me. And I've obeyed you, so thank you for revealing yourself to me. I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm expecting, 
You're going to make yourself more real to me. You're going to make yourself known to me. You're going to reveal yourself to me. Right? Every area. You've got to learn to be that way with the word. Lord, you told us if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So we, ha- we laid hands. So now what? We're expecting recovery, right? Lord, you told us. You told us if we'd obey you that you'd supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You told us if we'd give, it'd be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You told us. So what? We did it. We gave. So now what? It's got to come back. Good measure. It's got to come back multiplied. Right? See, it's not humility to say, well, it's just whatever the Lord wants. That's not humility. That's ignorance. It is. The Bible said, don't be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And I mean, you've just got a, a, millions in the church world that think that they're being humble and wise by saying, well, you just never know what the Lord's going to do. Well, that's not a compliment. What if I told you, you know, I said, well, don't be concerned about that. I'll go pay for it. Whatever it was that you're doing, I'll go pay for it. And somebody asked you later, well, what's going to happen on that bill? You go, well, Brother Keith said he'd pay for it, but you just never know. You insulted me, right? You just got through saying he may lie. He may be a liar. He said he'd do it, but he may not. No, if God tells you he will do something when you do something, count on it. Count on it. Expect it. Actively believe for it. Make plans to receive it. Make preparation towards it. Expect it. Well, he told us something. I said he told us something. Obey me and what's going to happen? Love me enough to obey me and I'm going to love you. And I'm going to manifest, manifest myself to you. How many obeyers of God and lovers of God do I have in this place? Come on now. Then what are you looking for? That's a little bit weak. If you've obeyed God, what did he tell you comes next? He's going to manifest himself. And with everything that we've already seen together, this includes another way of saying it is manifesting his glory to us. He is glorious. Now back up to the 11th chapter, please. Back up to the 11th chapter. This is the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And in verse 39, John eleven thirty-nine, Jesus and Martha and a number of people are standing out there at the tomb. And he tells Martha, take away the stone. Eleven thirty-nine. The sister of him that was dead said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, said I not to you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God? Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if what? If you'd believe, you will see the glory of God. Does our faith have anything to do? With the manifestation of the glory of God. Yeah. Now if is a qualifier. Well what if you don't believe? Well you shouldn't expect to see. The glory of God. But if you believe. Believe what? Believe to see. The glory of God. You know the psalmist said I would have fainted. Unless I had believed to see. The goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. You you hear it all the time in the world. Well seeing is believing. No it is not. (laughs) Seeing is seeing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Believing is what you do when you don't see. Right? But you believe to see. You believe until you see. Then you see. Right? If you don't see your healing, what should you do? Believe that you're healed. Someone says, well, I can't say I'm healed 
and the doctor's report don't say it, you know. I can't believe I'm healed. Well, that's the only time you could believe it. Is before you feel it. Because when you feel it, it's too late to believe it. Right? Are you getting this? Well, I can't believe that I got money to pay all my bills. And I can see right there I'm broke as can be. Well, it's the only time you can believe it is before the money shows up. (laughs) Right? Because when the money shows up, you're not believing anymore. You see it. There it is. So what do you do till you see it? Believe. 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 Call those things that be not as though they were. Believe that you receive. Call it that way. Call the bill paid. Call your body healed. Right? Are you healed? Well, I believe I'm healed. Did you get that now? What does that mean? Does that mean they look healed? No. Mean they feel healed? No. Means the tests say they're healed? No. But what? I believe I'm healed. This is important for some folks right here right now. Jesus said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, do what? Believe. Believe that you receive them and what? You shall have them. Now see, if you already had them, you wouldn't have to believe you receive them. Now if that seems strange to you, don't let it go. Keep these phrases, say them over and over to yourself till it sinks in what's happening here. We believe we're saved. Right? Have you seen the altar with the blood of the Lamb on it? I haven't. Have you seen your name written in the Lamb's book of life? I haven't. Have you seen God sitting on the throne? I haven't. But I believe I'm saved. Were you there at the cross? Did you see Jesus hang on the cross and die for you? I wasn't. No, you weren't. Then why do you believe you're saved? Faith came by hearing from the good news. Right? I believe I've received my salvation. And I'm saved by that faith. One day I'll see it. One day you'll see it. Right? Soon and very soon we'll see it. But right now, though we see him not, we love him. Though we haven't experienced his presence, you know, and seen him with our eyes, yet we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is faith. That's what faith is. The just shall live by faith. Walk by faith. Now, in talking about glorifying God, you know, we spent some time the last few weeks looking at how that we're to sanctify the Lord in the eyes of the people. It's why Moses and Aaron got in trouble. It's why Nadab and Abihu got in trouble. It's why Herod got in trouble. What they failed to do that caused them to be, it's what Ananias and Sapphira failed to do. They failed to sanctify the Lord in the eyes of the people. And it's what Jesus never failed to do. Jesus never took credit for one message he preached. Jesus never took credit for one healing that occurred or one deliverance or one miracle that occurred in his life. He always said, the Father, the Father in me, he does the works. The Father gave me the doctrine that I preach. It's not my own. He gave it to me. And so he was always separating in the eyes of the people what was God and what was man. And we talked last week, I believe it was, about the zeal of the Lord. How many believe we're supposed to have some zeal and some fervor about God getting the glory he deserves? And not giving it to somebody else or something else or ourself. I can't take the glory for my salvation. You can't take the glory for your healing. Right? You shouldn't try to take the glory for your prosperity. You know, it's interesting that some people that are so adamant against the so-called prosperity message, some of them are wealthy people. Well, that's hypocrisy. Did you hear me? If you don't believe in being rich, you ought not practice it. At least be honest, right? No, I'll tell you what's going on. They want to take credit for their prosperity. They want to take credit for, I worked hard, I did this, I did that, we were smart, we made, you know. They want to take the credit and the glory. 
No, give God the credit. Give Him the glory. Give Him the praise. Be zealous over His glory. Now, in talking about what glorifies God, look at this. He said, if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. Did they see the glory of God on this day? How did they see it? Did they see the glory cloud manifested? No indication that they did. Did they see the fire of God manifested? Did they see the similitude of God? Or cloud, fire, pillar of smoke and fire? Did they see any of those things? Because we have to, the reason I say that, we have to watch. So many times when we talk about the glory of God, we're thinking a literal manifestation of the glory cloud. And people pretty much, their mind goes that way when they hear the word glory. But that's a very narrow understanding of the subject. Did they see the glory of God this day? Jesus said, didn't I tell you, if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God. When did they see the glory of God? When Lazarus was raised from the dead and healed. Because if he hadn't been healed, I guess he'd have died immediately from whatever killed him the first time. And miraculously raised from the dead and the decomposition that had occurred in his body was reversed. Raised, healed. Restored. Now you'd have to add to the scripture to say that they saw any sparks fly. To say that they saw any flame of fire. Or smoke. Or bright glistening cloud. Right? You'd have to add to the scripture to say that they saw any of that. No. What do we know they saw? They saw a man raised up. And Jesus said, called that the glory of God. Are you with me now? So let's don't, yes, you know, if it pleased the Lord to manifest his presence in here and we all saw the glory cloud, that'd just be wonderful, glorious. But let's don't be narrow in our thinking and wait until we can see that before we think the glory is being manifested. The glory is being manifested, has been manifest. Now, what we must remember is that in this time, we are called to walk by faith, which is not the same as walking by sight. And you have to watch about clamoring to see things. I want to see God. I want to see God. Well, I do too. But right now, we walk by faith. Did you hear me? And that's the Lord's idea. That we walk by faith. Well I want to see an angel. Well I want to see this. And I want to see that. Watch out about that. It can be rebellion. Rebellion against walking by faith. Did you hear that now? Particularly young Christians have to watch this. Because you get saved. And you get hungry for God. And you hear about somebody that had experiences. And you think I want to see something. I want to see. And if you know what, you'll try to see. People pray and beg God and fast wanting to see. That is not the same as loving God. Wanting to see something spectacular is not the same as loving God and desiring His will. I want to see a miracle. You are a miracle. This creation is a miracle. We're used to it, but you've got to remember there was a time when it wasn't here. And the fact that it is sustained every millisecond is a miracle. We take it for granted, but what keeps the sun burning? What keeps the world turning? What keeps gravity in operation? You know, Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, he used to say this all the time. He said, beware... Of seeking after the spectacular and missing the supernatural. Seeking after the spectacular and missing the supernatural. I've found this that the more I've grown in the Lord, 
I begin to recognize miracles that I was overlooking. I begin to recognize things that were happening. It's God. It's wonderfully God. And I didn't see it because I'm looking for something spectacular. Now, the Lord wants to do some spectacular things. Yes and amen. Right? And there should be and there will be some things that are spectacular. These actually are more for the unbeliever. Did you hear me? Than they are for us. Because we shouldn't require to see before we're going to believe. Did you hear me now? But let's talk about manifestations of the glory of God in different ways. Go to John 17. Are y'all believing with me today? Let's just pray a quick prayer here before we go any further. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this place. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for how you've manifested yourself for in our midst in times past. We desire you. Our eyes are on you. Enlighten us. Illuminate us. Teach us. Let there be grace deposits and truth impartations into our spirit that we might be the house Uh, the environment, the atmosphere that you might freely and fully manifest yourself in and through now and tomorrow and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Said out loud, I'm believing to see the glory of God. Of course, now what does that mean? It's what we're talking about right now. Does that only mean seeing the glory cloud? No, it does not. Jesus said, didn't I tell you, if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God. They did see the glory of God when a man was raised up. Now here in John 17, 1, these words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes toward heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. Now let's just stop right there. Is it God's will... For his glory to be manifest in and on you and me. Yes. Why? So that he is glorified in us. As you've given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him. And this is life eternal that they might know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I have glorified you on the earth. How did he do it? I finished the work which you gave me to do. The works of God glorify God. Everybody say that out loud. The works of God glorify God. Say it again another couple of times. The works of God glorify God. One more time. The works of God glorify God. What about the works of the devil? They glorify the devil. The works of the devil glorify the devil. Does the devil want to be glorified in the earth? Oh, yes, he does. Oh, he hungers for it. He hungers for it. But he's not my Lord. He's not your Lord. Have no obligation to give him any glory or any credit for anything. So we don't. That's why around here we tell about what God does. We tell about the works of God. Why? It glorifies God. Right? The Lord healed somebody. We tell about it. Glorify. The Lord took care of somebody's financial needs. We tell about it. Right? Lord gave somebody a better car. We tell about it. Gave somebody a house. We tell about it. Are we seeing the glory of God? See, a lot of times this is too natural for people. They're thinking, well, no, I want to see the cloud. (laughs) Well, so much of what the Bible talks in respect to the glory of God, particularly in the New Testament, has to do with manifestations like healing and deliverance and the word preached in power. Let's not despise these. Let's not belittle these. Let's not take these for granted because these are keys to the greater manifestations 
of the glory of God. And God's called us to walk by faith. How many understand God could manifest himself in his glory in such a way in this community and state and nation that before the afternoon was over, there would not be one person in the country that didn't believe that God was real and existed. Could he do it? He could do it. He could manifest his glory. I mean, the glory cloud could come over the nation. And the mighty voice of God could come out of the cloud. And every person in the nation could hear it and see it and would have no doubt that God is real. Somebody said, why didn't he do that? Because he doesn't want to. Did you hear me? He doesn't want to. Why? Because then faith is out of the picture. Everybody sees it. Everybody hears it. They're motivated by what they see, by what they hear, perhaps by fear. God wants us to be moved by love and faith. Having not seen, we believe. And that's what qualifies us for his use here and now and then in there. There's coming a time when he's coming. And every eye is going to see him. Oh, glory to God. There's coming a time when every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. He is going to reveal himself. In power and in glory. But right now, that is not that time. We're in that period of time between here and there. Where the the chosen are being manifest by their faith. I'm so glad. I didn't have to see before I'd bow my knee. Aren't you glad? I'm so glad. I'm so glad I didn't have to hear with my physical ear or see with my physical eye before I would believe by the grace of God we believe. Not having seen. Not having heard. But then our desire is that God would be manifest through us so that others would see him and see the glory of God manifest in our lives. Can they see the glory of God in a healing? That's why the devil hates healing. Can people see the glory of God in prosperity miracles? Financial miracles? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Let's look at a few of them. Let's talk about them. In, well, John 2, while we're here, back up to John 2. You know the story of how they were at the marriage in Canaan, and they ran out of wine, and you know what Jesus told them, and you know what they did. Was it a miracle? And the Bible said in verse 11, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and did what? Manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Now you'd have to add to the Bible to say that they saw any sparks fly out of the water pot. (laughs) Or that the cloud covered the water pot. Or that any fire fell. In fact, only the servants that were involved knew. Right? Initially, what had happened until they tasted the wine that previously was water. This is a provisional miracle. Was this necessary today? On this day, I mean, they wouldn't have all died if they hadn't had a fresh supply of wine. Right? Could they have made it? (laughs) Certainly they could. But does the Lord care if you run short or not? Oh, friends, get this now. Because there are people who try to tell us God might not provide you money to pay your house rent or your apartment. He might not. He may be teaching you something. Well, if you think he is, if I was you, I'd hurry up and learn it so you could move on. No, the thing is, people go year after year and they're talking about the Lord's teaching them something and they ain't got a clue what they're supposed to be learning. 
No. This is a party. And they ran low on party supplies. Natural. Material. Right? And God moved in a special way. To provide so that the host was not embarrassed. Right? So that everything was well supplied. And with top quality. That's your God. That's the real God. That's your Father. He cares about things. Little things that matter to you. And He can do it. It's easy for Him. If we'll just believe. And in seeing this, in seeing party supplies manifested, we see the glory of God. Huh? Yeah. You don't have to wait till you see the cloud manifested. You don't have to wait till you see the fire fall or hear the voice of God speaking out of the cloud. No. You can be seeing the glory of God manifested on a regular basis. What? In the healing power of God and in the provision of God. Oh, glory to God. You know, we've got a lot of people. That have rejoiced over us. Over Faith Life Church. Numerous places I've gone. I've had people ask me. They said. Y'all have a church in Branson now. I said yeah glory to God. How long you been going? Oh a couple of years. And you've already got that big place. I saw it on the internet. It's big. It's beautiful. Does that glorify God? Yes, what? It's provision. Could we meet in a lesser place? Yeah. Would we if the Lord told us? Certainly. But the glory of God is revealed in the provision of God. Now, I was with a pastor just recently. And we were talking about some things. They were going to be involved in some things ministerially. And he was asking about what had happened with us. We were able to tell him. And as we told him, it encouraged them. They thought, glory to God. Well, if God will do that for you in two years, he'll help me too. Right? God cares about all his churches, all his people. Right? And if God will do that for you, well, if God will give you an airplane to ride around in, he'll give me one too. That's right. Well, if God will give you a nice place, he'll give me a nice place. God will pay off your debts. He'll pay mine off. When people see these things in your life, it is the glory of God being manifested. Can you say amen? Amen. Say it out loud. God, get glory to yourself. In my life. In my body. In my family. In my finances. In my business. In my ministry, get glory to yourself. Now let's back up to our text. When did he say he's going to manifest himself? When we obey him and when we believe him, right? So we can't get too far away from that. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This beginning of miracles happened and the glory of God was manifested forth. This is a provisional miracle, a supply of natural things. It just makes my heart ache sometimes that people fight this truth. You know, I've had numerous emails that weren't complimentary. And people say, well, you know, well, what do you need an airplane for? Well, why does anybody want one? <laughs> well, what do you need this for? What do you need a place that big for? What do you need this for? Well, the sad thing is, as long as they fight it, they won't have it. And they could have it too. 
if you just quit fighting and quit finding fault, you could have it. But when you fight it and when you judge another man's blessing and you find fault with another man or woman's blessing, you judge yourself unworthy to receive it. When you mock and you find fault, you disqualify yourself from such blessings. Oh, but when you know the scripture and your brother gets blessed beyond you, you know what to do. You shout with him, right? You go, oh, brother, man, that's good. Glory to God. You rejoice with them that rejoice. And you're happy. And you take it like it happened to you because he's part of you. She's part of you. Right? And when you do that, it opens up your spirit for you to receive like kind. Oh, this is good, friend. This is important. I'm telling you. It opens up your spirit, opens up your heart. What do they need an expensive car like that for? Do you know how much they gave for that car? That is ridiculous. Yeah, and you'll never have one. It's sad how the devil has duped people and deceived people. These things should be for the glory of God. And are $80,000 cars only for sinners? A couple of people wrote me some little emails, you know, about our little airplane. Our little airplane is one of the smallest, you know. I bet you they didn't write an email to the whiskey companies about their new $30 million airplanes. <laughs> or the pornographic magazine companies. Huh? But that's too good for a preacher. That's what they're saying. No, that's too much. That's too good for a preacher. Well, I'm glad I don't believe that. (laughs) Amen. And I'm glad that confused people can't stop my blessings. And I wish that they'd get straight so they could be blessed. Brother Kenneth Hagin tells a story about years ago he was in a meeting with some very, very traditional religious people. And he'd pray with some of the ministers every uh, before the service. And he noticed this one fellow kept eyeing him. He'd look up and this guy would be looking at him. And after a while, this fellow came over and caught Brother Hagin's tie. And he had on a real bright red tie. And he said, Brother, isn't that tie worldly? Isn't that kind of worldly? You know, a lot of people are not having fun. Did you know that they just, they're not enjoying their cell. And so they want us to not have fun with them. They want to rain on our parade. And uh, he said, what do you mean? He said, well, that's that bright red. And Brother Hagin said, well, I reckon God must like red pretty good. You ever see the red roses? Red birds? Red sunset? You ever see, you know, in nature? Vivid. Fish, brilliant, bright. He said, I reckon God must like red all right. (laughs) Fellow said, hmm. (laughs) Next day or two, he come in with a big red tie on. (laughs) He got free. Got him a red tie. Well, see, that could happen all over the body of Christ. Instead of finding fault, instead of judging other people's blessing, shut up. It's none of your business, right? And open your heart. Next thing you know, you'll have one. You'll be blessed. You'll be coming out. You'll be increased. And it will glorify God. The prosperity of God glorifies God. The healing of God glorifies God. The works of God glorify God. Say that out loud one more time. The works of God glorify God. Go over to John 10.10. John 10, verse 10. Jesus said, and you know he's right, The thief comes not 
In other words, when the thief comes, he won't come to do anything else except this. This is what he does all the time, every time he comes. But for to what? What do thieves do? Steal and kill and destroy. Let's just stop right here. Did you know that many Christians are calling God a thief? Aren't they? Disease stole a loved one from them. And they claim God did it. They just called him a thief. Did you hear me? Economic problems, business problems, cost them their prosperity. They lost their house, lost their car, lost this. And they claim, well, we just don't understand it. But God, you know, is working some things out in our life. And we don't understand. Well, are you saying he took it away from me? Are you saying he stole that child from you? Are you saying he stole your house from you? You're calling God a thief. And Jesus is very clear. Who does the stealing? The thief. Is God the thief? No. Who's the thief? There is a devil. I said there is a devil. And he's the one stealing and killing and destroying. Friends... A three-year-old could understand this now, right? If it kills, if it killed something in your life, if it destroyed something in your life, if it stole something from you, don't get mad at God. That's ignorance. God didn't do it. I said, well, why, why did he keep it from happening? There was a reason. There was something that hindered him from doing what he wanted to for you. Did you hear me? But it wasn't his will. I said it wasn't his will. Is it God's will for anybody to perish off this earth? To die lost? But people do. Right? Just because somebody died lost, does that prove it was God's will for them to die lost? Certainly not. The price was already paid for their salvation. Well, then why weren't they saved? It had to do with them. They didn't believe. They didn't receive. They didn't obey. And that's the way it is in every area of our life. People haven't experienced the perfect will of God because they haven't done the perfect will of God. But don't blame it on God. If it's stealing, who did it? If it stole your time, if it stole your money, if it robbed you of your peace or your joy, if it stole anything from you, do not blame God. The thief did it. Jesus said so. If it killed anything, a relationship, an opportunity, it was the thief. Jesus said, what I am come, help me out now. I am come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly, super abundance. That's the work of God. Life and abundance. Life, living, not dying, living. Did you know death is not even of God? You know, it's irritating to keep hearing preachers say some of the things that they do. It'd help us if we read the Bible once in a while. (laughs) Or every day. (laughs) But you hear preachers talking about, well... The Lord took our beloved in death. And some are not healed now, but they're healed in death. Where's that at? Where's that at in the Bible? The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15, death is the enemy of God. It's the last enemy that will be put under a foot. If it's his enemy, it's my enemy. Right? No. Death is not a blessing in disguise. It's not a blessing in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That's what sickness is, is death working in the body. That's what poverty is, is death working in your finances. That's what anxiety and worry and fear, depression, it's death working in your emotions and in your mind. And Jesus came. I said, Jesus came that we might have... Life! Life! 
and that more abundantly. Abundance. Abundance. It's God's will for you to have too much money. Too many cars and too many clothes and too much joy. Excess. Surplus. Abundance. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and... That's too much. (laughs) Running over. He prepares a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. They're there. They're there. So what? If he's there. He's for us. Who can be against me? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What? He anoints my head with oil. Does that make you happy or sad? Anoints my head with oil. My cup is low. But God knows. And whatever he wants. It's man's tradition. That's man's theory. That's religion trying to explain why the blessing is not there. And it's prideful man trying to cover his and her own failures and mistakes as to why the blessings are not there. People prefer to just blame it all on God. People like what I call no-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not our fault. No matter what didn't happen, it's you just never know. Well, it's convenient, but you stay broken, you stay sick, and you're robbed, and you're stolen from and destroyed. No, people of faith stand up and say, no, this is the will of God. God said it in His Word. That's what it is. This is the will of God. Healing's the will of God. Victory is the will of God. Prosperity is the will of God. Freedom and joy is the will of God. Yeah! And that glorifies God. It's the goodness of God. Just turn and read it. Romans. It's not the badness of the devil. That causes people to want to come to church and give their heart to the Lord. Right? It's not in us having, experiencing the same failures that they're experiencing. Why should they want to be like us if we're no better off than they? We're just as depressed as they are. We're just as broke as they are. We're just as sick as they are. We're just as defeated as they are. We're just as helpless with habits and sins as they are. Why should they want to be like us? No, it's when we're victorious. It's when their kids stay sick all winter and ours don't even get the flu. It's when they go under and we go up. Did you hear me? When we get free and we stay free. And we're happy and we're blessed. And after a while, even if people don't want to admit it, after a while, year after year, we just get more and more blessed and we stay free and we keep being protected and spared. After a while, people begin to say, hey, hey, there's got to be something to it. I don't like them, but you got to admit. Huh? I've had people say that to me in so many words. You know, they watch you. Sometimes over a period of years, then after a while they have to admit, well, there's got to be something to that. Because I know you ain't that smart. And you go, you're right. It's the word. It'll work for anybody. Anybody that'll do it, quit fighting it, quit fussing. Start believing it. Start acting on it. I'm excited. Somebody's getting free in here today. Somebody's getting free over the internet. They have been an opponent. They actually logged on to find fault with me this morning. That's right, they did. They logged on to find fault, to show what they don't believe in. And uh, now you're becoming one of us. I know it. And you'll be so much happier. You'll be so much happier. It's sad being a sourpuss all the time. It just... Get yourself a red tie. Come on in. Get yourself a new car. Yeah. You'll have more fun. Go ahead and get healed. It's more comfortable. Yeah. 
It's happening. You just watch and see. Send us an email. Tell us about it. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Where was I going? Romans 2. Thank you. Romans 2. Verse 4. Romans 2, 4. He said, do you despise the what? The what? The riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering. Don't. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Are there people that see other people blessed and despise it? What are they despising? They're despising the riches of God's goodness on people's lives. You need to watch, you know. Now, I've said this for years. I believe it to be with ministers, with Christians, anybody. It's not what I have materially. It's how did I get it. Are you with me now? Now, you know, if I took up an offering to build an orphanage somewhere and spend it on a car for myself, that's ungodly. That is wrong. That is despicable. But why would people assume that that's what happened when they don't have a clue how you got what you got? Happens all the time. For other people, I'll say, not for me. But why do people do that? Does it matter how you got what you've got? So much of the stuff that I have, I'll just give you an example. Some years ago, we went up in New York State. Uh, doing a meeting, and it was cold, it was wintertime, and we were in our airplane. And this airplane was a pretty big airplane. Nice, jet. And uh, we were there, and uh, the people actually tried to overcharge us on some things. And uh, the pilot that was flying with us and helping me, he's trying to look out for us, but he was a little rough with them. And Phyllis came in and tried to smooth it over. Well, she had on this full-length mink coat and we're getting on a jet <laughs> Mister, why you tell all that brother Keith because I want to <laughs> now what am I talking about here does the biggest thing matter what you have no now what how you got it how'd you get it how'd it come and so Phyllis went in tried to smooth things over with the people and she was nice And the people were trying to gouge us on some stuff. And uh, this lady got real brass with Phyllis. She said, well, what is it? Uh, You can't buy another coat like that if you pay this? And was just real ugly with her. And what she didn't realize is that airplane we was riding in, we paid this much for it. Do you know how much that is? That full length mink coat that Phyllis had on, beautiful thing. You know how much she gave for it? She had sold, I don't know, three or four coats to people, nice coats to people the last few years. And the Lord put it on somebody's heart, actually from another country. And they helped her pick that out and bought it and paid for it. It didn't cost her a dime. So it cost her less money than the person's blue jean jacket that was fussing about it. Are you with me? And Phyllis, she told the lady, she said, that's not nice. (laughs) Phyllis is not afraid. (laughs) She said, what did you tell her? Yeah, she said, you don't know how I got this coat. And she proceeded to tell her the story a little bit of how it came. And what happened. And the girl repented right there in front of her. But what am I saying? What people don't realize is, see, we are, and all God's ministers and all God's people, we are his representatives. And somebody looking at us and despising that, despising that airplane, despising that coat, who gave us that stuff? We didn't take up one offering for either one of those things. Not one dime. God put it on people's hearts and they did it because we sowed seed to other people and stood and believed for years and it came in. So then they're not just despising us. They're not just despising a preacher. They're despising the one who did it. 
They're despising what? The riches of his goodness. They're despising God. And people don't realize that. They don't see that. The Bible says, he that answers a matter before he hears it, to him it's folly and a shame. Do not be quick to judge. No matter what you see or what you think, realize there's so much you don't know. You don't know how, you don't know why and where and when. And so many things are just none of your business. Right? And that's not my opinion. How many remember Jesus? When, uh, you know, he was talking to John and Peter. And how that he said, you know, Peter said about John, well, how's he going to go? Because he had talked about by what death he would glorify God. Did you hear that? Glorify God. And he said, well, if I want him to stay till I come back, what is that to you? You follow me. That's another way of saying what? (laughs) It's none of your business. That's between me and him. Right? Oh, we need to get a hold of that. Oh, come on, friends. We need to get a hold of that. What other churches do? Is that really our business? What they do or what they don't do or their programs or other Christians, what they do, what they do with their money. If they mess up with their money, they'll have to give an account before the Lord. That's between them and the Lord. We got a full time occupation and job. Keeping up with ourselves, Seeing that our stuff is right. Walking before him. Do not despise the riches of his goodness. Would that include new cars, clothes, houses, healing, and blessings, and favor, and doing some nice things for you sometime? Hmm? How about a nice vacation? How about 60 days in Europe? Vacation. How about a month? Let's say in February. Down in the Bahamas. Or is that just for sinners? Huh? Who made the Bahamas? <laughs> Who made Hawaii? Well, then it's really ours, I guess, right? I mean, it's, he's our father. Are you with me? But you see, so millions of Christians, they don't believe this is for them. So they just eke out and struggle by. Nope, nope. The riches of his goodness are yours. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And when people see these things, when they came the right way, you didn't lie, you didn't steal, you didn't do anything wrong, you sowed your seed, you believed God, it came in. When it comes like that, it glorifies God. People see it and they see he's not like what somebody else told him. He's not mean. He's not hard. He's a good God. He's a good God. We won't take all the fun out of your life. He shows you how to really have fun. And when they see that, what does this passage say? When they see that goodness, it will cause them to what? Finish reading that, please. Romans 2, what did it say? He said, do you despise the riches of his goodness? latter part, not knowing that what? The goodness of God leads you to repentance. This is one reason why many, many people have not come to God. Because they haven't seen the goodness of God. They've heard that if I really sell out to God, I won't have any fun. I can't have anything. I know people right now today, I could call names, I won't. But they've got a call on their life. They're supposed to be in the ministry. But they're not. Because they believed that if they did that, they'd be broke. And they'd never have anything. And so they're running from God trying to make money. Sad. Because they believe, well, you couldn't be a preacher and have money. Yes, you can. You couldn't be a child of God and just make a lot of money. Yeah, you can. You're supposed to. I said, you're supposed to. Well, you couldn't just be totally sold out to God and really enjoy life. It's the only way you can. Really enjoy life. Stand up on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge 
by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.